It's the most wonderful time of the year. College football returns to practice for Boston College today. And we're going to get into just what that means for the Eagles, our excitement for the B- for BC, and some more mailbag questions we didn't get to last week on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. The summer, you, you, it's still going, but college football is back. Boston College, it seems like, is one of the last schools to really kick off practice. I've seen Wake Forest and Florida State and NC State all started practice. BC started today. And they're going to kick off at um, in the Fishfield House, I'm sure. And media will be there. I will be there to give some um, analysis afterwards. But this kind of raises the point. Now that college football has returned, what is our excitement level for this upcoming season? Is it high or is certain issues with Boston College football and the the present state of this program still giving you some worries uh, about this season? Now, I would say last season, the 2021 season heading into that year would, would have been the highest in terms of excitement level that we've had in a while. You had Phil Jakovic and Zay Flowers and that offensive line. It just felt like it was going to be that year. And, oh, we're not going to get into where that turned out to turned out uh, later on in the year. But, you know, this year I feel like it's, it's more subdued. While there are folks out there, myself included, that still think that Jakovic and Zay Flowers, in the addition of Pat Garwo to that, to almost like a three-headed monster here, could be a dangerous combination I understand the worries about this offensive line. How many teams can you think of that have been really good, that have had five brand new starters from the year before? It's hard to think of, especially in a in a conference that is as talented as uh, the ACC. So we're looking at the, at the Eagles this year, and I think you can look at the teams two different ways. You can be doom and gloom and say, oh, you know what? We've been down this road before. Boston College is going to disappoint us. This is going to be another disappointing year. Jeff Halfley is not there yet, blah, blah, blah. Or you can kind of strap in and get yourself ready for what could be an exciting season, and that's where I think I'm at right now. Yeah, there's big questions here. But as I've said, there's numerous reasons why there's th- you know the, the issues that you bring up the BC might have the answers to get past those problems. The offensive line is certainly going to be a, a, a concern all year long. But from what I've heard from the staff and, and what they believe, they should be able to get past that. And if, if Boston College can take that next step in certain other areas on the field, I'm looking at the defense. Pass, pass rush is a big one, right? Or run defense. There's no reason that they can't win more games than they won last year. Absolutely no reason that that should not happen, right? Because we saw BC go 6-6 six and six last year, basically with Dennis Grossell as quarterback. And, yes, it was 6-6, six and six, but there were two games I can think of off the top of my head, or three games, excuse me, in terms of Syracuse, Louisville, and Clemson. That if BC had Phil Dracovic healthy, they probably would have won those games and went nine and three. 
I'm saying that right now. If you had a healthy Phil Dracovic out there that didn't leave the defense out there to hang and dry against those teams, BC would have won those games. There's no doubt in my mind that would have happened. So now you look at the team this year. And yes, Djokovic may run for his life at points, but that's what Djokovic does. He did that with, with Zion Johnson and Alec Lindstrom there last year. So this isn't a new thing for him. Hopefully, though, he's going to get the ball out quicker, get that going. If the offense can go, that defense is fine. The defense is fine. They didn't lose any major pieces to that defense. Brandon Sebastian was fine, but he's he's replaceable. Elijah Johnson and C.J. Burton should be able to handle his role completely well. So I'm not concerned with any sort of loss there. I just think, as I've said all along, my key to the season is can the offensive line be serviceable? I'm not asking them to be all all ACC. I mean, we had an all ACC offensive line for the last two years, and has they did they impress anyone? I mean, other than Zion Johnson and Christian Mahogany, nothing on that group really struck me as like transcendent offensive line. Can they reach that level with just this group of young kids and a new offensive line coach and new offensive coordinator? I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility here, there, guys, because you get guys like Ozzy Trapillo out there, Drew Kendall. These guys are good, and if they gel quicker. They could easily do what the guys the last two years have done. And if you do that, everything around them should improve. I'm talking the weapons. You have Dracovic in his year three. You have a defense that has more there, including a linebacking group that should be faster and should help against mobile quarterbacks. I like this. I I, I, I like where BC's at because you look at the schedule, and to me, from my perspective, there's already five automatic wins on the schedule the, in, in terms of where I see the BC at. That is Rutgers, um, sorry, Duke, uh, Rutgers, Duke, Maine, UConn, and Syracuse. And Syracuse is a tougher one, but I'm, I'm still putting BC as a win. It's at home. I think they're going to win that game, right? That's five. Can they not figure out, you know, some of these other games that they have on their schedule? You know, you get games against teams like Louisville, and Florida State, and Virginia Tech, those are 50-50 games. I think BC can win some of those. So, I, in the end, I think, that, as I said on yesterday's episode, I think this team is going to go as far as Phil Dracovic takes them. But in, in order for that to happen, it's going to have to have a reasonable offensive line. And I can't wait to watch them at practice to get a feel of where they're going. And, you know... The media only gets to see a small piece of the schedule, of the practice. So don't ask me to like, hey, did the twos look better than the threes? And where were, you know, we get to see very little, folks. So don't expect me to become an expert on where BC is at right now based off of what they allow us to see because they purposely don't let the media know a ton of stuff. So I'm just going to throw that out there right now. But by the end of the summer camp, you should be able to know if, Certain skies look big. They look good out there and what we've been able to see. And I think that should give us a better perspective of the two deep heading into summer camp. Now, in a moment, I want to talk about a few different topics in terms of Boston College future scheduling and ACC scheduling as it changes heading into the 2023 season. Now, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. And you can find college sports on there, including over and unders for the upcoming season. 
So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked on Boston College, AJ Black. Now, last week, I made a request on Twitter for uh, questions for our mailbag. And I made it on a Friday, uh, Thursday afternoon, and it didn't give a chance for a lot of you who aren't like me and sit on Twitter all day uh, to get questions in and get your thoughts at, uh, you know, answered by me. So today, I'm going to give you a chance for some of those folks to get their questions. And, and I want to read, first of all, from Dennis Monahan, who always has great questions on Twitter. He said, one other topic, and you touched on it in a bit in your podcast, that's scheduling. If BC had any push whatsoever, I'm adding in here, LOL, I would try really hard to have the last game of the year, Turkey Day weekend, be on the road in with in road in with Miami or Syracuse. Since BC will have Miami and Q's as annual opponents, at least until the ACC dissolves or Miami leaves, I would try my damnedest to set up the schedule so that BC plays pit home and home every year in late September. Maybe the league opener for both squads, and they play Miami and Syracuse in October in Chestnut Hill. Say the weekend after Columbus Day, if possible, and then play the other team on the road over Thanksgiving. To your point, it would be it would be cold, no one is around, and playing either in the Dome or South Beach is a better chance for BC. It would also be a great getaway to go South Florida for the holiday or a quick road trip to drive up to Syracuse the day after Thanksgiving and see the game in a 72-degree facility. Dennis, this is a great point. Uh, one of the things I've not enjoyed about BC fandom or uh, just the g- general feel of BC football games is that game after after Thanksgiving. Now, I'm a local guy, so for the last 10 years or so, I have been able to easily get to the thanks after Thanksgiving games when they're at home. It's just not a, it's not hard for me to get there. But the games are always dead. There's no one ever there. I I, I go back to and I think it was after Thanksgiving, the Syracuse game uh, against uh, Syracuse and Diamond Ferry, and that was the game Matt Ryan came in and looked like hell, and Diamond Ferry d- destroyed Boston College. I go back to that game and I I believe I I just remember that game being dead. And you're right, like. Let's get that to be a road game. Get that off Boston College's campus because it just seems like it's not a great time for BC fans to be there. The students are gone, so they're not there. So why not go on the road to a, to maybe a program that is more active and let them have their home game? Let them have their senior day then. And I, I like your ideas too, Dennis. I think it's great. Like You're going to have these two teams. Neither of them are really a technical like heavy rivalry for you. So why not do it? On the last day of the uh, last week of the season, and I don't think either of them really have a rival that they play either. Uh, Miami, I think, plays Florida State in their bracket, so they may want that for that because that. But Florida State, no, actually, Florida State's gonna play Florida, so that's not gonna happen. So yeah, they both teams would be open. Miami could have a nice warm game, or you could go play in Syracuse in, in, in their warm, um, terrible dome that they play in. So great question there. I think that's a great opportunity, especially now that there's no other – like BC doesn't have a rivalry game. Just throw that in there. And the second question was something that came up, um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the Flor- the FCS games. Uh, on my old forum um, that doesn't exist – now is someone was bringing up the fact they said, "Hey, can can BC drop their game against Maine, and and ECU drop their game against I think it was Campbell uh, in week three, and then just play each other?" That sounds like a great idea. They said, and I, I'm not here to bash bad ideas, but that's a that's not a good idea. Okay, first of all, and then they said, "Well, why do you have to play FCS teams?" Okay, so first of all, you can't get out of these games because they're contract contractual right now. 
BC's paying Maine a lot of money. I don't know what the exact number is, but they're paying a lot of money for the Black Bears to come to Chestnut Hill and lose. Now, they're called pay games for a reason, and but they're contracts. These are legal contracts, right? And it goes on from there. The folks started arguing with me. Then they were saying, I, another person said to me, well, why? Why do we have to play them? And it always goes on the same argument. We should be better than FCS schools. And, and I said, yeah, true. You're better than FCS schools. Well, we should just not schedule them. I go, well, other teams do. Every other team does it because it's an easy win. It's a way to get your backups in there. It's not a high-pressure game, so you're not killing your team. You don't want – you do not want to make yourself uh, highly – you know, put yourself at a disadvantage. Well, we're, we're playing scared then if we do that. And then I say, well, look at a team like Georgia Tech, okay? Look at what Georgia Tech has scheduled this year. When you look at and you say, I want a out-of-conference schedule of Alabama, Texas, USC, and Georgia, or whatever the heck you want. Look at Georgia Tech's schedule this year. They get Ole Miss, Clemson, Georgia, Virginia Tech, Miami, um, UCF and Virginia, they've, they've got, there's, you look at their schedule and you look at what they scheduled out of conference. So UCF, Ole Miss and Georgia, and you say, okay, yeah, they scheduled their tough teams that they want, but they're going to get blasted by all of them. What good does that do for a program? When you schedule yourself so hard that you have no chance of making a bowl game, that is a million times worse than scheduling an FCS school. I'm telling you that right now. Fans out there that want no FCS schools, you would put your program at such a disadvantage right now that it was it is it's it's absurd. So you need these FCS schools because everyone else is doing it. Until other teams say, nah, we're not doing it too. I think the Big Ten doesn't do it. Well, they, they have their own system. That's one conference that's doing it. But everyone else, the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, they're all playing FCS schools. Notre Dame's not either. Well, good for them. But right now, BC is not BC cannot afford to just give up a win because the way things are looking and and, and who knows how the ACC is going to roll with this, you know, with the compensation. If BC doesn't make a bowl game, there's a possibility in the future that they're going to start cutting those teams out of certain parts of the compensation pot packages. That is majorly bad news. So, yeah, playing Maine's boring. Playing Maine is not the most fun game on the schedule. And, yeah, it's usually a, a, an extra bye week. But it's not going to change. It's part of college football right now. And until the conferences themselves decide they're going to get rid of it, and I I honestly kind of hope they don't because I like college sports in general, and schools like Maine depend on it. They depend on those paydays to pay all their other programs. So you get rid of that, you're going to be hurting some of these other programs, these other kids that don't get the, the Power 5 options. And I kind of like to see them get their chances too. And that's just me being a bleeding heart. I'm telling you right now, okay? Well... If they get rid of that, that's gone. But I, I don't see why Boston College should be the white knight that doesn't do this. It does not make any sense to me at all. You know what? If you're a fan and you live around the area, go to the games, tailgate, have food, see friends, have a drink or two, watch the younger kids hopefully get their chances like we did against, saw against Colgate, and enjoy yourself. It's college football. Who the hell cares who they play? 
It's a game. It's better than it is in March when there's no college football on the TV, right? Now, in our final segment, I'm going to get into a little bit about recruiting and where Boston College currently stands and where they could be going for their last couple picks. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I am also the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. And if you like my work on recruiting, if you're interested in what I have to say here and you want to learn more about it, I have a special deal for you for new subscribers to Eagle Insider. All you have to do is Google Eagle Insider. You're going to see an ad right on the top. For a year of VIP in uh, coverage, which means all of my premium stuff, VIP access to all of our message boards. I have insiders from around the network, including Brian Don, Greg, Greg Biggins, you name it, we've got it. You get that for the entire year for four eighty-two a month. That's fifty bucks, and it got you covered for the entire year. You're gonna enjoy it. The message board is awesome. We have some great BC fans on there that love to chat with other BC fans. And if you don't like to and just want to read the stuff too. That's perfect, too. And then on Monday, Brian Doan is going to join us to do a Q&A just for VIP members. So if you want to sign up, it's only $4.82 a month. You can that's, a, that's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Sign up today. The deal ends Monday. You want to make sure you do that. So head over to Eagle Insider right now. Now, Boston College has 16 commitments for the class of 23. And you know what? They're at 42nd. Overall, in terms of their 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 recruiting rankings on two four seven sports, and yeah, that's kind of disappointing. I mean, last year, you know, they started off red hot. They were like tenth in the country, and then as other teams, the bigger teams, started getting their blue chippers, they just fell down to I think it was like thirty sixth. Starting like at this point of the year, when you're at forty two, that's a little concerning that they got a pie hit in the fifties. So, you know, you're looking at the squad, you but. You're looking at this group and you're saying to yourself, is this good enough? And I, I have to say, there's two thoughts I have about this this recruiting class. And I'll give you two of them right now. First of all, I like the kids that they've landed. Um, and I think they've done a nice job of getting a, a, a solid group of, of recruits that have major offers from a lot of other programs. You look at a kid like... Ryan Mickow, an offensive lineman from St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. He's got a good handful of offers. You know, Pitt offered him. I know there's a couple other ACC programs that were in on him. You get the wide receiver, um, Montrell Wade. I love getting kids from Texas. They're getting kids from uh, all over the, the, the bigger programs like St. Francis Academy and, as I said, St. Thomas Aquinas. I like what they've done there. The pieces that I'm a little concerned about is the the lack of a, a, a jewel of the class. Now, the first two recruits that bought recruiting classes that Jeff Halfley has brought in, he's had you know their their crowning achievement in each group. The first group was was obviously C.J. Burton. Now he was one of the highest rated recruits Boston College has ever landed, and they got him to flip from Florida. He had offers from Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, you name it. He had it. He was a high four star cornerback. That was that was big. That was something Boston College uh, needed, and it sh- it really did breathe some life into the recruiting class that year. And you know, when you get a kid like that, it pushes your star numbers up. It pushes your ranking up. It's a nice thing to get. Last year, it was Drew Kendall. Drew Kendall was the offensive lineman from around here. Obviously, 
you know, when BC is struggling to land a lot of local recruits, when you get a four-star like that with the lineage that's connected to Boston College, you know, Pete Kendall's his dad, that's a big deal. It's a big deal, and it was a very exciting get for Boston College when it happened. Now, this year, you can look at some of the kids in the class and say, oh, Khalil Ali is, 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 is good. And and very, I know the staff is very excited to have him on the roster, and Sean Battles another one, uh, but I don't think of like you want that top tier guy, and BC has at least two more swings at it. If not, they, if there's unless they're trying to get a flip behind the scenes that I don't know about. The first one's Roderick Pleasant. We've talked about him. He's from Junipero Serra in California. He's a track star that has broken every uh, one hundred meter dash. Uh, record in the state has BC in his top three with USC and Oregon. And he has said over and over again that Boston college is definitely in the running for him. So he would be, he would be the perfect, perfect example for that. You get a track star like that on on defense. Good luck for, uh, you know, against opposing offenses. He can cover anyone. He's one. And the other one is Ronan Hannafin who kind of plays the role of Drew Kendall. So you got, it's kind of the same kind of thing. You got you have Pleasant in the role of Burton, and you have Kendall uh, playing the role of Ronan Hannafin. Hannafin is a wide receiver linebacker from uh, BBNN in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He is down to BC, uh, Clemson, and Notre Dame. And right now, BC looks third, but BC is hung in while his kid has been getting offers everywhere. And Hannafin has said over and over again that Boston, again, Boston College is in this. So maybe he, you know, maybe Notre Dame or Clemson is is in on him, but they find another blue chipper that's better than him, and then they move on. BC's right there to grab him. So either of these guys, Hannafin or Pleasant, would be that kind of top of the line recruit for Boston College that would change the complexion of this class, would really raise their rankings and get that kind of malaise off of what people are saying about this group because I like everything else about him. I think that they've done a nice job of identifying some talent from big programs and big recruiting areas around the country and have landed them. And I know the staff is pretty happy with what they've done. So we'll have to wait and see. And if you want more recruiting information, maybe you're just starting to learn. I have all the goods on Eagle Insider. So go to Eagle Insider, sign up. It's Try it out for a year. I think you'll enjoy it. You'll get to learn a lot about Boston College sports and Boston College recruiting. And I I don't want to float my own boat, but I do have really good connections. I talk to a lot of different people. This isn't me just kind of spitballing stuff here, folks. I do talk to people, both recruits, coaches, you name it, insiders. I get it all. So check out Eagle Insider and become a member today for 50% off your first year. Thank you all. It's ready for football time. We'll have more football talk on Monday. We'll see you again soon.